Welcome to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast, where we dive into the mindset shifts and practical tools to help you break through the roadblocks standing between you and achieving your goals. I'm your host, Danielle Kobo, a former Fortune 500 senior sales manager who spent 15 years in the medical device industry and now the best-selling author of the book, Unstoppable Grit. Think of this podcast as your go-to source for career advice and burnout prevention strategies to help you build a career and life you love. Now let's get started. Today's guest is Catherine Matice, founded Civility Partners in 2008 as a result of working in a toxic environment. And since then, through keynote speaking, LinkedIn learning courses, and consulting, she has helped thousands improve happiness in the workplace. Catherine is a three-time published author, including one of my favorite titles, Back Off, Your Kick-Ass Guide to Bullying at Work, and has been cited in Forbes Magazine, Entrepreneur, and USA Today, and has appeared as a guest on such venues as NPR and CNN. So welcome my guest today, Catherine. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit about your career journey. It sounded like you had experience working in a toxic environment, which is obviously never fun, but you have used that traumatic time in your life to create that your purpose. Tell us a little bit about your career journey. Yeah. So I was an executive assistant in an organization and over time worked my way into director of HR. And that organization had another director who was engaging in bullying types of behaviors. He was a micromanager. He would yell at you if he was frustrated. I felt like he was insubordinate to the president, even lots of turnover in his department. So I was dealing with these behaviors as a target. I felt like one of his targets, but then as the director of HR was dealing with all of the turnover and having to rehire and conversations with people who were complaining to me about it and talking to the president about it. And then Kismet or the universe brought me to get my master's degree in organizational communication. And my very first semester, I had a class on ethnography, which is studying something in your life that you're in. And the other class was the dark side of communication, which was a class about sibling rivalry and stalking and conflict and dark stuff. So I had to write a paper, obviously, for both classes. And I just kind of thought, well, I'll write a paper about this guy. It works for ethnography and it works for dark side. And then came across the phrase workplace bullying while I was researching those two papers and was hooked. And I've been sort of obsessed with that topic ever since. It was pretty therapeutic to read about my situation from an academic perspective versus going to therapy or something, which is also great, but just to kind of get this education about my experience and just went from there. I got out of grad school and wrote back off pretty quickly and started a business. I would imagine, I mean, coming from a place where you've got this toxic work environment and that can really create a ripple effect in your personal life because sometimes what we do is we take what's going on at work and sometimes that can influence coming home and our happiness just in general. And then also, as you were saying, the turnover and how that creates a ripple effect at work as well. So tell us a little bit about if you are an individual and you are experiencing a topic work environment and you're experiencing possibly some feelings of being bullied, what suggestions do you have? Yeah. Before I answer that question, I want to just kind of go back to what you shared about the damage. 
there is 40 years of academic research on this topic. And I would say 70% of it is on the damage it causes people. And I can tell you, you can develop PTSD from being bullied at work, lots of anxiety and depression. So it is very damaging. And then to your point about taking it home, there's even research supporting that if you're bullied at work, your marriage is really affected because you're kind of obsessed with it at home. I don't understand why this is happening. What do I do? Parenting skills are dropping off because you're really focused. So you kind of become obsessed with it because it's something you don't really understand. With that said, some of the things that I would recommend is first off to make sure that you try to pull back from the emotions. And that's a big ask. I mean, it's abuse. And it's like telling someone who's in a domestic violent type of relationship. Don't try not to be emotional. I understand that. However, in the workplace, if you go to HR to complain and you're emotional about it, it makes it really hard for HR to try to help you solve it. So in a business environment, we're so focused on KPIs and goals and objectives that you have to do your absolute best to kind of think about it that way when you're talking to HR about it or management about it. That's step number one. Document, document, document. All of those facts, the who, what, when, where, and why of when things happened, who saw, what happened, all of that. Keep a journal. Again, keep your emotions out of it. Keep a diary at home. But this piece, because you may end up presenting it to HR, right? So keeping that very factual journal. And then a couple other items. Definitely attempt to resolve it on your own first so that you can maybe try to have a conversation with this person as scary as it might be to sit down with them and say, look, I'm feeling like our relationship isn't working or I can't seem to meet your expectations. Can we talk about that? Document that conversation so that when you go to HR, that's my other step, you can say, I tried to solve this on my own. Here are the ways I tried to solve it on my own. And I wasn't able to, it's still happening. And that's why I'm here in your office versus I can't, I don't know what to do. Please help me. You need to appear as the strong link, the strong relationship builder. And here you're stuck with this versus help me. I'm hurt. That's a very different kind of a message. So those are some of my main tips. And before I shut up and let you talk, (laughs) my last tip really is to be very self-aware, recognize that it is causing you some damage internally and If you need to see a therapist, do that. If you need to consider looking for another job, do that. I mean, it's just the damage is very clear. I just see it all the time and I see it in the research. You just have to be really self-aware of how it's affecting you so that you can make the right choice for yourself. I think you really speak into one of the hardest parts, which is removing the emotions. And yet that is extremely critical as you go to HR. I had actually experienced workplace bullying pretty bad to the point where I didn't realize how it was affecting me as a person until I walked away from that situation. And I look back and I was going, wow, I had lost so much confidence about myself as a result of this workplace bullying. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what happens is it's either sometimes not really being in tuned of that self-awareness of what's happening. And it just kind of slowly takes over time. But then also, as you said, when you do go to HR, the more that you can remove the emotion and be more factual, the better it's going to help you in the long run. Sometimes it's hard to differentiate through the emotions as to what's really going on. And having those facts is helpful. Just to add to what you said, 
which you hit the nail on the head when I talk about being self-aware, recognize that whatever you're feeling is deeper than you know until you leave. And that was my experience as well. And however upset, depressed, anxious you are, it's probably worse than you recognize. And you won't know that until you're out. And so I always try to relay that. I don't know how successful I am, but I felt that too. I got fired, which is a pretty standard thing to happen to targets. I was seen as the weak link because my performance was going down and I was so frustrated and distracted. And I drove home, no idea how I was going to pay my rent, but I feel like this monkey literally was climbing off my back and I could feel my shoulders perk back up. I didn't realize how damaged I was until I wasn't there. It's a tough place to be. Society tells us we're supposed to have a nine to five job and you can't leave and you feel tied. And there's a lot to overcome mentally with this. Yeah, there is a lot to overcome. And like you said, it feels like this big weight is on your shoulders. And sometimes you don't always know what to do. And sometimes you don't realize it until after you leave the organization or something changes with the environment. And I know that when I was going through mine and you speak to PTSD, I swear I was having nightmares just consistently for the month after some of these things that took place. It's taken some time to kind of repair. But at the same time, in our circumstances and yours is when that door shut, it opened up the door to, I'm sure, a life that you couldn't even imagine as to where you're at now, where you take that challenge and that negative experience in life, and you have made it your sole purpose to help other people thrive in situations like that and overcome it. That's absolutely right. I'll share one of my other books. It's not my book. I collected stories of, I put out a call. If you've been through bullying and you feel like you're successful, kind of on the other side, I want to hear from you and understand because I want to understand those stories versus the ones about PTSD and people who can't get another job because they're so damaged. And what I found is the one theme that I really see across the stories in that book is this decision that they made. And it's all different, but it's all about taking back power. And as soon as you do that, that's when the trajectory changes. So all these stories are like down, 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 bullying, 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 made a decision and it goes back up. And so for example, one woman, she describes that she, some final straw happened. She walks over to the office manager and like all dramatic drops the office keys on the table and says, I quit and storms out, you know, and then she gets around the corner and balls her eyes out, but she quit. It stinks that she's the one who left, but she took her power back. Another woman, she's lesbian PhD, Black in the Coast Guard. That's a tough place to be. She decided, you know what? This is my life's purpose. I'm the Martin Luther King of this place and I'm going to make some changes. So she made the decision to stay and fight. And she's done all sorts of crazy things and I really admire her. And it's just that decision. And that's, you have to decide I have power and control and I'm going to use that. We will be right back to today's episode. Women are constantly feeling rushed and exhausted. With the focus on doing, women have trouble focusing without guilt while at work. While at home, they deal with lingering work on their mind. The result is negative self-talk and lack of connection in all areas of their life. I serve women who feel burnt out and overwhelmed. I show them how to achieve their goals without sacrificing their personal life. In 2019, my husband served a year deployment. Our twins were two years old and I led a team for a Fortune 500 company with 60% overnight travel. 
I've experienced firsthand being a working mom, trying to balance it all, and that year was among one of my most productive years. I invite you to go to the show notes and check out the link to the Burnout to Fired Up workbook with actionable steps on how to regain balance in your life. Now back to today's episode. A hundred percent. It's about regaining your power through it. And I found it's regaining your power, understanding your purpose, getting realigned with your core values. And from that day forward, never settling on anything else than being treated the way that you should be. For those of you listening, if you also want to hear a powerful story, I would invite you to tune in to the episode with Heather Monahan, Overcome Your Villains, because she talks very similarly to that situation. She got fired. She was experienced bullying in the workplace. And she talks about how she turned that situation around. So I have one more question for you because I'm hearing more and more of this happened. And it's from a manager's perspective. So I'm hearing more managers are experiencing bullying from people on their team. And what happens is the manager doesn't often know how to handle that situation because what will happen is they'll go to HR. They don't feel supported by HR because at the end of the day, most HR is trying everything they can to just not get sued. That's their sole purpose sometimes, it feels like. And so the manager is then left feeling hopeless, not supported. And then as a result, I'm hearing a lot of managers getting fired from things that were not even what they were doing. I mean, there's just various situations that I've heard, but I'm hearing more and more managers. I feel like middle management is sometimes the most at risk because they could say one one thing and somebody can turn it around. So how would you address from a manager what they could be doing if they're experiencing bullying, possibly from a peer or maybe a member on their team? Yeah. I'll start by saying the organization is at fault here for any sort of bullying in the workplace. And that's something that often is overlooked. And a lot of why I do what I do is that HR gets really focused on the person bullying and the person claiming to be bullied. And it becomes this sort of, it's about those two people and they do an investigation. It's all about the facts. Did this happen? Yes, you have to do an investigation. I'm not saying not, but it's about the context. What's happening in the context? This person felt okay to act a certain way and or this person felt okay to complain about. So organizations in general have to do a much better job at leaning on their core values, training their managers on how to deliver performance reviews, how to coach people engaging in lower level toxic behavior like gossip or inappropriate sarcasm or jokes and how to manage relationships. And it's like, we assume that just because someone's good at their job, they get promoted to manager. And then they're supposed to be really good at relationship building and managing. And that's just not everybody's good at that. So shame on organizations for not giving managers the tools to do their job well. Having said all that, I think a lot of the same advice applies that the manager should be, you know, documentation is what's going to save you if you end up in court. And that's how HR thinks what would happen if we ended up in court. And that's how you have to think. So if you're starting to feel like people are claiming that you're bullying them, just be sure you're really documenting things when you have conversations with employees, send a follow-up email to say, as we discussed, or just to be sure that we're on the same page. And just keeping documentation of all of those types of things. Because I also hear from managers a lot that they're being accused of bullying because they're trying to hold people accountable. And so then I'll say, well, 
how are you doing that? Are you coaching them? Are you calling them out in front of other people? What does that look like? And let's try to figure out why that's the perception of you. Unfortunately, there isn't really a great, like, here's what you do and it will solve it type of an answer. But I think if you're keeping documents, make sure you're using empathy as you lead, making sure that you're engaging in collaborative team building and leaning on your team for advice and decisions. Those are the types of behaviors that you can engage in that hopefully would keep people from claiming you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. And you spoke to exactly what I'm hearing more and more from managers, where it's somebody who's possibly not meeting the expectations of their job. Maybe they're being put on a performance review. And as a result, they kind of lash back and they start making accusations. And then another element to that is if the other team members see what's going on, however, don't think that it's being addressed in a timely manner, even though it may be addressed on the back end on a timely manner. It also creates this ripple effect when it affects the culture of the team and going, why aren't you doing anything about this? On the back end, you're like, I'm trying as hard as I can. I I just can't tell you about it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I can't tell you about anything because then that's putting me even more at risk. And I am receiving more and more calls from managers that just feel so hopeless in this situation. And here they are trying their best to coach bad performance and not knowing what to do, but you're spot on. A lot of the times, these companies are not providing the tools for these managers on how to have those types of conversations, how to document those types of conversations. I don't think I ever got training when I was with this big company that I was with on how to write a performance review for an employee that is not hitting the mark, getting customer complaints, things like that. I wasn't really provided with those tools. And that was challenging. That's pretty standard. That's very standard. When I go into organizations as a consultant, it's kind of my first question is what kind of training are managers getting? Because probably we could solve a lot of your problems just with that. And then also individuals or the whole company needs some training on how to stand up for each other how to lean on the core values. If I see that you're doing something I feel is inappropriate in a meeting or what have you, what's my role and how can I influence that in a positive way? Doing training, we call it bystander intervention. We heard a lot of that during Me Too. If you see something, say something, all this stuff. But that's not in our nature to throw ourselves in front of a bus. It goes against our instincts. So that's another area where I really see organizations kind of falling short. I will say too, just in general, one other place, (laughs) if we were in charge, Danielle, the whole world would be different. One other place I see is that HR and employers get so focused on anti-harassment and don't do that stuff. And it's like, there's all this other behavior and then it hits a line and, or a bump. And it's like, oh, that's harassment. Don't do that. But what about all that other stuff about relationships? If managers had tools to build a positive work environment inside their team on a regular, consistent, daily basis, that would change things too. And that's really another place that organizations fall short. Stop having people sign an anti-harassment policy and then just assume that everybody's going to get along. And this whole idea that adults are professionals or we know how to behave, obviously we don't because we have war and divorce and all sorts of conflict as adults. So that's the other key too. And I know that doesn't, if you're feeling bullied at the moment as a manager, it doesn't really give you advice for the here and now, but 
The more you can focus on team building, leaning on the core values, talking to your team about like, hey, what are the ways we appreciate each other? Leaning on positivity is going to make a big difference in the team as well. With divorce almost being 50% at this point when it comes to the rate, if two married people can't be on the same page on synergy, then how are we expecting hundreds of employees to be on the same page and work cohesively together? So yeah, the more that these companies can empower not only their managers and providing so much more than the workplace harassment, more or less, how do you coach? How do you bring team culture and more of that positive continuous coaching. And when you do have somebody that's not getting along, how to address those conversations, how to approach those conversations. So what are three things you want to leave our listeners with if they are experiencing bullying in the workplace? Sure. If a manager as an individual is experiencing bullying, my first thought is again, document, document, document all the ways in which you're behaving and the responses you're getting. I would say to when you approach your employees to hold them accountable, talk to them about the why so that when you say something like, hey, you're not getting your report in on time, I need it on time. You could say, hey, you're not getting your report in on time. And when it's not on time, here's the repercussions of that. And what do you think we could do to help make sure you get your reports in on time? So that's a coaching conversation right there. Because I do suspect if people are claiming bullying, and it's really about just holding someone accountable, there's some disconnect there about how you're holding them accountable and how they want you to hold them accountable. And then lastly, there's a ton of ways to make people feel more positive. One way is to do, I call it the best self-exercise. I actually stole that from an author, Kim Cameron, who writes about positive psychology. This is a great exercise. Send an email out to all of your team members, list all everybody in the team in the email and say, hey, Send me back an email with something you're thankful for, for each of the people on this list that we work with. And then you compile it and then you can deliver that at a meeting. So I could say, okay, Danielle, here's what everyone said about you. And then I print it out and I give it to you or I email it to you. You can have it in your office or what have you. So those are the types of little exercises that are simple and easy and they start to turn. We're in a negative place right now. Politics stink with COVID. We're lost as humans right now. So the more you can be a positive, safe team, the better I think your employees will just really appreciate that. That is excellent advice. And thank you so much for joining today's episode. I know that can sometimes be a little bit of a sensitive topic, sometimes bring in some motions. If you are out there, re-listen to this episode. There are tools that are here to help you. And thank you so much for joining, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with Danielle Cobo. If you found today's episode resonating and inspiring, kindly take a moment to craft a review. Your review holds the potential for Apple and Spotify to share the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with others. Furthermore, consider extending the ripple effect by sharing this episode with those around you, family, friends, colleagues, and anyone who could benefit from the insights and stories shared here. Also, be sure to visit daniellecobo.com for more resources on cultivating resilience and unleashing your inner grit. We'll be back soon with another empowering episode. Until then, be unstoppable.